It is the day after Father's Day. <laughs> Hope you all had, if your father out there, you had a great Father's Day. You know, that's a, that's a, be enjoying that more and more. The, uh, hey, the first, first uh, year I was able to be a, uh, a grandfather. So it was a privilege to have that, that uh, day yesterday. And I um, hope you enjoyed your day as well. Well, I'm here again, another podcast, another uh, thought that came to me over the weekend here about a Father's Day, two Father's Day actually, uh, not official obviously, not obtained by the U.S. government or the Canadian government or any other government, but it was a Father's Day back in the Lord was talking about this parable, I'd like to bring this out. And uh, <clears throat> certainly hope you have your Bible in front of you, and if you're uh, if you're uh, in uh, the car, keep your eyes on the wheel, listen attentively, we'll just make it real short, make it real brief. Um, if you're on the train or wherever you may be, maybe you're mowing your lawn, but I always enjoy coming together just for a few minutes and to bring forth uh, the Word of God uh, just for a few minutes, some nugget to enjoy together as we're in the last days here, I believe. Things are moving oh so quickly, but let's focus in on... Um, a father and a son a relationship and uh, let's look at uh, Luke 15 and Luke 15 why um, this is there's three parables in Luke 15 the Lord Jesus is giving three parables to these Pharisees and um, they're very interesting they're very interesting if you do a little study on these parables why um, you'll find out that each parable is on one part of the Trinity, and so it's important to see and take it up in that vein of things. But I would look at the third parable, and I'll just briefly read it here um, and just let you know my coffee has gone cold, so <laughs> I, uh, I, I miss my coffee, uh, but we will read this parable together and, uh, and enjoy it together. Uh, so this is Luke 15. In verse 11, he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. And he divided to them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Am no more worthy to be called thy son, and make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father, and when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, and had compassion, and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. And the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe. And put it on him, and put a ring on his hand, and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf, and kill, and let us eat, and be merry. For this my son was dead, and is alive. 
and again, he was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Let's see here. Let's see here. Do I have any sound? Yeah, I got sound coming through. Sorry, guys. I there's times when I'm running the show here, and I and I find uh, I'm wondering if if sound's coming through. It looks like sound is coming through. So, so that's the story of the we we call him the prodigal son. We 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 attribute this parable to the son, but I would like to attribute this to the father here. This prodigal son's father. And I thought it was interesting. If you look at this, if you look at this man, this father, it is a very interesting situation that he's in. He's got two boys, apparently a well-off man in that country of that day, and he's got two boys, and um, in the society, if you will, and he is sitting there enjoying life, so to speak, and his sons are growing up, and he's got a problem between his two sons or whatever, and all of a sudden. We come on to this verse right here. Let me just show this verse right here. This is the first Father's Day I'm going to call out here. It's in verse 12 of Luke 15. It says, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. And he divided of them his living. Think about, think about just a moment. The father is sitting there, and he's sitting there, and as he's sitting there, the son comes to him and says, uh, son comes to him and says, Dad, I want everything that is coming to me. I want everything coming to me. And you think about the fact that this is not supposed to happen as someone passes away. Then they get in it what they call an inheritance. But no, the son wants his inheritance now. In other words, I've, had, I've heard it said before where the son basically calls his dad out for dead, right? And, and it's, a, it's a real shock in the community. It's a despising thing in the community to think that a son has asked his father for all of his inheritance that's coming to him. What does the father do? The father goes ahead and sends him and gives him and cuts out his portion and said, this is your part, son. And he actually did what he had to do. He took bank loans. He sold off pieces of property. We don't know what he did. But the point of it is, Lord Jesus is saying that the father willingly gave over to his son all, all that he was due. Well, we know the rest of the story. He went out and he, he spent it all. It went through his hands. He spent it all. And he found himself, as it says, he would fain fill his belly with the husks that he was feeding the pigs. And so the first, the first Father's Day that would be absolutely the worst is verse 12, where the son is, is basically despising who the father is and says, give me everything that belongs to me. And the fatherly willingly did it. And so that really goes to show the heart of the father in this situation. But let's move on down to the next Father's Day. So the next Father's Day is, is going to be in verse 21. I will rise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven before you and am no longer worthy to be called your son. Think about the fact that the son came to the end of himself. 
the father couldn't do anything. The father was still in a far country, and he's and he. I don't know what that father was doing. I don't know the anguish that father was going through, but his son had to come to the end of himself. That's an important piece to see that the father and or the mother did not run into the far country to go after their son. They and we're going to find this out in just a second. Here is that the father was waiting patiently for his son, but the work had to go on in the son's life. And so we jump down to verse 24. Verse 24, I love this, because the father was standing at the end of the driveway, and he's looking for his son. In fact, I'd just like to go ahead and read that. I didn't put it up on the screen. And it says there, and he arose, verse 20, and he arose and came to his father. And when he was yet a great way off, his father, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Think about the father standing at the end of the driveway. And the father is basically seeing him and running, at, running to him, falling and having compassion and kissed him. Now we're going to get the best Father's Day, right? The best Father's Day is when the father turns around to her servants and says in verse 24, For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to make merry. Oh, it's so beautiful. He, you know, I, didn't, I read it before earlier here where he turns around and says, give him a ring, give him a robe, give him some sandals. Let's kill the fatted calf. Let's make merry. But it says, my son was dead. My son was dead and is alive again. Boy, what a, what a beautiful, beautiful story of the best Father's Day a guy could have, right? And I often have brought this out before, and it's important to see this. Important to see the fact that, um, you know, uh, sometimes if you're a parent and you're praying for a child, now that I'm a parent and um, my last one just graduated here this last weekend from high school, why, you know, as a parent, you would look on and you realize that now I have to stand in the driveway. I can't chase my child into a far country if the child is going into a far country. And, you know, the, the elder son we know was, was in the house, and he was all uppity-duppity, right? But we can't chase the son into a far country. He was waiting and waiting and waiting for that work to be done. Now, let's flip it over to the son's perspective or the daughter's perspective. Think about the fact that there might be a parent standing by and, and praying for you as well. If you're in a far country, think about the fact that there is a father or a mother waiting patiently to have that work go on in your heart so that you may come back to the relationship with them, but more importantly, the relationship with the Lord as well. And so it's a beautiful to see the fact that uh, there are two angles to see this. Yes, we, look, we take it up on the prodigal son side of things, and and it's a beautiful thing because it shows what repentance is and what restoration is. But then the flip side of it, we look at the Father and we see the love of the Father, the love of the Father to his Son. The love would say, I only go so far and I wait for the work to be done. Isn't that beautiful? So with the given time before us here, I thought we could go over really quickly do you know do you know what the the first time that love is mentioned in the Bible? 
the first time that love is written in the scriptures is in Genesis 22, which we're not going to read. It ha- it's not it's the love that is mentioned in the scriptures is not about is not about uh, love of uh, of a man for a woman. No, that's not the first time. And the the first time that we see love is in Genesis 22, what it has to do with where God is telling Abraham, take now your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love. Yeah, that's the first time love is mentioned, is a father loving the son. And so I thought it'd be nice to look over here real quickly at, uh, I'd like to look at, uh, um, I'd like to bring up a couple different verses here that just, the fact, this calendar just came over the calendar here this last uh, couple days here. John 3.35, this is so beautiful. If you've taken up the Gospel of John, John 3.35, and and that is such a beautiful uh, thing where it says, the Father loves the Son and hath given all things in his hand. The, the, The Lord Jesus came to this earth, and he is here to show the Father's love. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Well, we see that, and in, in, in that's earlier in the chapter, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. But later on, we see here in verse 35, the Father loveth the Son. Isn't that beautiful? The Father loveth the Son. God the Father sent his Son, and he loves his Son. And so having said that, I'd like to look at another quick thing, jump over a few more chapters here to John 14, and now now we get to be involved. You and I, as believers, we get to be involved in this union of the Father and the Son as, as presented in the Gospel of John. John 14, and this is some key words here for those of us living in this day. I'm going to read the first verse, John 14, 1. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Do you know that's interesting? The Lord Jesus is inviting us to be with him in his Father's house. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. Let not your heart be troubled, he says. He's inviting us to be with him in the Father's house. I can't think of a better place, can you? Can you think of a better place to be invited right now than to be invited to the Father's house from the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ? It's a beautiful thing. So remember the fact that the Father loves the Son, and the Son turns around and says, I'm inviting you to my Father's house in John 14. Lastly, let's look at the third the third one here. And... Um, we see here, and this is a, my, one of my favorite chapters uh, of, the, of the whole Bible, John 17. And, uh, you know, in, in John 17, he's about, he's just a couple hours away from being taken to be crucified. And he's with his disciples, and he lifts up his eyes to heaven, and he's going to have a conversation with the Father. And I'd like to just read the first couple verses of John 17, a very, very intimate conversation between the Father and the Son. It says, John 17, 1, These works spake Jesus, and lifted his eyes to heaven, and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, 
that he should give eternal life. And I want you to circle that word, eternal life. Remember, the Lord Jesus, the Gospel of John, John the writer, brings forth the Lord Jesus talking about eternal life in his book. Life eternal, eternal life, to as many as thou hast given him. And this is life eternal, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou hast gavest me to do. And now, here's John 17, 5. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Do you understand the glory that was with the Lord Jesus even before we came along, that the Father bestowed upon the Son? And here he was in the darkest hour, facing the darkest hour, and he was about ready to, he was about ready to head to the cross. And he says, glorify thou me. And so think about that relationship. We're talking about Father's Day. Think about the relationship that the Father had with the Son in eternity past, and think about the obedience of the Son while he's walking this earth, and he's going up to the very darkest hour where he's going to take on sin. He's going to take on your sin. He's going to take on my sin, and he's doing it because of the Father. And I think it's so beautiful to see as we move off of Father's Day, another Father's Day, why I wanted to bring forth the fact that yes, we do have we do have the in Luke fifteen we have what I would say the the worst Father's Day a guy could have, but then we also have the best Father's Day that a guy could have, and that father in Luke fifteen is is an amazing man. I don't know if it's fictional or if it's true. We're not told. The Lord Jesus is telling us, but I'd like to meet that man. I'd like to meet that man because of the fact that. He watched for his son. But then we switch over to the father and the son, the Godhead, and we look through the Gospel of John, and we see that God the Father, he glorifies the son. The son asks for glory. And we see that God loves you and me. And we see that God loves the son as well. God the Father loves the son. And so the son has strictly obedient going all the way to the cross. And again, what a beautiful thing to see our Lord Jesus right now in the glory, in the glory at his Father's right hand. It says he's on his Father's right hand. He's on his Father's throne. And he's waiting for you and I to be caught up to be with him in the air. He's waiting to take us, as we said in John 14, he wants to take us to his Father's house. And as it says there, right before that, don't let your heart be troubled. It's easy to have our hearts troubled in this day that we're in right now. And what a beautiful thing it is to say, even so, come, Lord Jesus, and take your waiting people home, right? And John wrote that one too. End of Revelation, John wrote that. Even so, come, Lord Jesus, and take your waiting people home. That's the spirit of the bride cry come, right? So that's about all we have for for uh, for the for the little Father's Day meditation about the worst day of the Father could have, the best day the Father could have. But yet at the same time, we have much to glory in because the Son wants to bring us to be with Him. Well, we're over on uh, YouTube and Facebook. You're welcome to join, like, subscribe, share, etc. And also, we're, we seek to get out the Word of God on the podcast platforms as well, so that people are listening on the bus, people listening in the car, people listening in their office, people listening when they mow their lawn and get a little bit of Word of God. But I say, sit down early in the morning, and let's sit down with our coffee and our Bibles and enjoy these things so we can 
meditate on these beautiful truths as we wait for the Lord Jesus to come back for us so that we too can go to the Father's house. And so may we continue to look for his coming, maybe today. And if, if not today, maybe I'll see you on the next time.